there's definitely ways to put yourself out there. And I think that there's this idea of, um, you know, if you, if you put yourself up, you might look dumb or, you know, but it's like, yeah, they might say no, but what if they say yes? You know, what if they say, give me more information? Like, I, I, I want to know, you know, and then if they say, have you shot a wedding before and you haven't, then you could say, um, I haven't shot a wedding before, but this is why I believe I would be great to shoot yours, you know, and just having that confidence and being transparent as well. I think uh, a lot of people appreciate Hey, welcome to episode 336 of the Beginner Photography Podcast brought to you by CloudSpot, the easiest way to deliver and sell your photos online. I'm your host, Raymond Hatfield, and today we are chatting with wedding photographer Jasmine Blaze about how to get started with booking weddings in the new year. January, February, prime time. Very busy time for wedding photographers, as according to The Knot, 68% of engagements happen between Thanksgiving and New Year's Day. So with the start of a new year, many couples get to planning their wedding and booking their wedding photographer. So this week, that's why we got on Jasmine Blaze, right? She's going to share with us how to know if we are even ready to start shooting weddings. And then, of course, how to put ourselves out there if we do want to start booking weddings for the year ahead. With that, let's go ahead and get on into today's interview with Jasmine Blaze. Jasmine, when did you know that photography was going to play an important role in your life? Uh, well, I always felt creative, um, but I can't, like, I can't even cut straight with scissors. Like, it's awful. And um, I just kind of, you know, in the teens, you did like the awful album cover photos, and then it kind of just went from there. And um, it evolved in my early 20s. And, um, and then it just kind of like turned into a business. And I kind of felt like this was a way that I could serve people. Um, because I'm not, a, I can't be a nurse. I, I don't do well with blood or anything like Same. that. So I, uh, yeah, it was just a great way. I just kind of felt the joy of, of, um, capturing memories for people. And that kind of just evolved into a business and, and yeah, the rest is kind of history. Okay. So I want to go back to those early days because this is, you know, uh, it's the beginner photography podcast. We want to know about those early days. A lot of the listeners mm -hmm. are struggling in that moment right now. So when you're that teenager mm -hmm. and you're taking those, you know, album photos of stuff, when, when you <laughs> yeah. go out and you use your camera, uh, where did that come from? Did you just have a camera and you thought I could use this or was there an interest before that point? Yeah, well... You know, like I had like the, you know, those basic digital cameras when they, when they came out back in 2000, dating myself a little bit here. And um, like I said, it, like, it was just a way to, to feel creative and create and, and feel like I was actually producing something that I felt at the time I was proud of. So that's kind of where that kind of came from and then I enjoyed people's reactions after they saw the photos you know all of the duck faces and all that kind of <laughs> thing that was trending at the time like I loved I loved people's reactions from that um and then when I started uh taking photos of you know people and you know couples and, and things like that I obviously started doing that all for free it just uh it allowed me to again have that creative outlet and then as well serve people and and be able to you know make mistakes and, and learn and, and and do all of those things because I wasn't being paid for it and so it was really really easy to to fall in love with at the start yeah 
I agree. I like those. Uh, I kind of miss those early days sometimes. It feels a lot freer when you're just like, let's yeah. see what happens. And, you know, there's there's not really a lot of uh, pressure on you. But I've shared the story on the podcast before how I went to uh, film school, like to, to make movies, and then I transitioned into photography. You had a similar pivot at some point. Uh, you went to school to be a teacher, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. So there's actually a lot of um, teachers in my family. Um, it's funny. My brother-in-law is both married teachers. My mother-in-law is a teacher. My grandma's a teacher. And my uh, my grandpa was a teacher as well. So, and it was a natural path for me. Like I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I still do. Uh, right now I'm not teaching, but um, it kind of, again, was another way to serve people and photography kind of just happened organically in the sense of it turning into a business. Like my husband, my now husband had bought me my first DSLR camera, you know, back in the day when you used to spend like hundreds and hundreds of dollars on your, on your significant other, and then you get married and then you kind of just try to remember when the anniversaries are. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, um, kind of, yeah, like I said, it kind of just evolved from there. And then when I kind of realized that this was something that I could potentially do um, for people and then also, you know, have an income and, and, and invest my time and, and money and stuff into that as well, it, it was it was exciting. It was really scary to at the time, like I didn't have any kids. Um, and so it was an easier it was it was easier to take risks, but my risks that I was taking they weren't really risks when I look back at it at the time, you know, in your early twenties, you kind of, you're still trying to figure life out. So, so I, I was navigating my new teaching career while also trying to explore this photography career. So that kind of got put on the back burner while I was trying to get my, you know, career, my teaching career, um, you know, my salary and my benefits and of all course. that stuff figured out. So, yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people uh, are going to be able to relate to that. I think, uh, Looking at the analytics of the show, I think that the average age of the listener is uh, in their late 30s to early 40s. And I think that um, because of that, there are a lot of people who did enter the workforce and now are finding photography either as a creative outlet or a potential career yeah. as well. But you had mentioned, you know, um, you found that you kind of got to this point in your photography where you realized, oh, this could be something, you know. I want to know more about that decision to leave your career. You know, you went to school to become a teacher. That has got to be a really scary decision to make. Yeah. And actually, so I, um, I transitioned to a halftime contract about six years ago. Uh, that in itself, I would say was probably more of a scary, a scary route for me. Um, because the idea of, of uh, veering away from tradition and safety and, you know, uh, a salary and stuff was very scary to me. Uh, I, and, and, and again, at the time, like we had no kids. So my idea was that if I was going to make a leap into, um, you know, a halftime contract, now would be the time to do it without any kind of, you know, dependence, just my husband and myself. Um, and then we had our first child and we had both of our kids in the midst of COVID. And, um, so I was teaching from home at, at one point. And then, uh, after we had our second child and she's coming up on a year, actually, um, just season of life. And it just kind of seemed to, to fit. I invested a lot in education. 
um, had a very big mindset shift. You know, kids kind of do that to you where you, you kind of see life in a different perspective and, and, and kind of, you know, they kind of become your why in your business. You know, this is, you know, why I'm doing this. This is why I'm taking this risk or why I'm investing this money in it. And so I made the decision um, this year actually to, to take a step back and really focus on my business. I invested in um, a very great wedding photography business course called the Business Map with Jai Long. And uh, then I also invested in a great course called uh, the Jenny Maroney Mastermind. And that was all about course creation. And so I really, I really took a leap and I really, you know, financially as well as time and, and trying to figure this all out. And it's been very um, freeing to mm. feel like, you know, you have this, you're, you're the manager of your time, you know, and, and it's, it's a great feeling. And I think now seeing that transition and being able to do it and, and I mean, I mean, I'm still in the midst of it. Um, you know, it is new. It's still, I'm always coming back to my why on those hard days. And, you know, that's my kids and, and my values. And uh, it, it keeps you in check when those hard days come. That is awesome. What I yeah. picked up from that is that, um, you know, even though you haven't been shooting for like, you know, 40 years or whatever, you're still uh, in it and you have the experience. But being able to uh, have a community, like a support community around you uh, through the educational platforms that you have invested in. I'm sure that has got to help out a ton, uh, especially sometimes when it feels like, like I've said this before, I didn't go to business school. You know, like I had to figure these mm-hmm. things kind of out on my own. So being able to have mm-hmm. somebody who you can uh, reach out to and ask questions. Um, and I know that it does, it does give you that confidence, which is extremely helpful. Uh, but from the photography side, um, that is still a big decision to take the leap to step back from teaching. So uh, I guess I want to know a little bit more about um, weddings. How long have you been shooting weddings um, and kind of where are you at in your business at this stage? Hey, Raymond here. If you're sometimes baffled by which camera settings to use, then I've got just the thing for you. My free guide, Picture Perfect Camera Settings. It's a fantastic starting point for anybody eager to understand the basics of camera settings in various shooting scenarios. And it's tailored to beginners who want to get out of auto mode, providing clear, easy to follow suggestions on where to start with your settings. So whether you're capturing a stunning landscape or a family portrait, Picture Perfect Camera Settings will help you to get off of automatic mode and explore the possibilities your camera offers. Remember, mastering photography settings is a journey, and this guide is your first step and the perfect resource to guide you towards finding the right settings for your style. So grab your copy today at perfectcamerasettings.com and start your journey to better photos. Yeah, so my first wedding was 2014. And, um, you know, as all first weddings go, like, I think it was around four or five hundred bucks. Um, pretty sure I shot in program mode for some of the mm-hmm. time, like, you know, just that, 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 uh, sense of, uh, panic a little bit in certain situations, obviously wasn't like super prepared for it. Um, that kind of just happened and then it kind of evolved from there. Um, a lot of, and, and now I've, I, I don't know if it's like when you turn 30, I kind of felt like this whole idea, um, this whole identity shift happened where yeah. you just kind of feel a little bit more confident in yourself and 
Um, you kind of, you know what you want. Your values are a little bit more clear. That is kind of when I felt like my, my wedding photography business started to take off, even though I had been shooting weddings since 2014, I turned um, 30 in 2020. Um, I, it felt like I was able to say yes to more things and take risks and, and um, you know, all that stuff. So like, I would, I would say, I would say in the last couple of years, maybe three, three or so years, um, I've really fallen in love with wedding photography and just because, you know, not to sound, I guess, um, dark or something like that, but, you know, people only get together for weddings or funerals nowadays. Yeah. And, um, you know, weddings are, uh, people are so scared of, of capturing weddings. And I just kind of look at it as it's just, it's a huge positive event that it's like, why wouldn't you want to take photos of it? I don't know. That's right. how I feel. <laughs> no, I get it. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, again, not to, not to, not to get too dark here, but, uh, I remember growing up, I lived, uh, relatively close to, you know, my grandma and some other relatives. Um, mm -hmm. and we would see each other like every holiday, you know, we'd get together and all that stuff. And then as you get older, you kind of move apart, you drift apart. Uh, and those are kind of those, those wedding years, right? So who knows how long it's been since, you know, a bride has seen her grandma or whatever it is. And this sad to say like this, you know, could be the last time for a long time, um, or ever. So yeah. having somebody to, to be there and capture that is, uh, is really cool and it is a fun experience. I can say from uh, uh, from my own personal experience, it is something uh, rewarding within that for sure. Um, yeah. Back to that first wedding, I want to know you have more experience now, right? Where you are today as a photographer is in a much better place than where you were in, as your first <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wedding. Um, when you think yeah. back to that first wedding, what is something that you wish that you could have told yourself um, before you had showed up to to shoot it to mm -hmm. have a better experience or or capture it better? Yeah. Um, I think the first thing that I would say would be like, calm down, yes. <laughs> like relax. Um, you know, like I would say the biggest obstacle is, just, um, is yourself, you know, um, you could, you could know every kind of technique and, and strategy in the book. But I mean, if you just don't really have any confidence in yourself, you're not going to, you know, you're, you're not going to go any further because you're your own limitations. So I think back then I would definitely tell myself to just kind of relax and trust yourself and, and, uh, practice using manual a bit more before you jump into a wedding. <laughs> oh, interesting. So yeah. that's actually, that was actually going to be my next question is that, um, well, I guess let's talk about your new training a little bit here. It is called keeping wedding photography simple. Um, mm -hmm. and within it, you have, uh, broken down, I guess, booking your first wedding, uh, I guess. Before I butcher it, can you tell me a little bit more about the uh, the program? <laughs> no, 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 you're doing good. Um, so, so yeah, so it's called uh, keeping wedding photography simple: how to book, shoot, and deliver your first wedding. Um, it can actually apply to more than just somebody that hasn't shot a wedding before. Uh, but it's basically trying to. It's for people that are trying to get into that wedding photography business and, you know, they feel intimidated. They don't know where to start. Um, you know, how do you jump into something that you've never done before and have people trust you to shoot it kind of thing? Um, and then, you know, a lot of people just kind of rely on somebody just asking them, you know, and, and you can just be waiting forever if that's kind of what you do. So this is all about, um, you know, taking that initiative to, to book it yourself and, uh, and yeah, and I do want to say, um, 
also, you know, with education and, and things like that, we live in this world where things need to be so uh, right now and, and, and happen right away. And I think that that is leading to a lot of people not not getting to where they want to be because they just kind of, uh, I guess, quit, you could say, or they see a failure as not a lesson. And so I think um, a lot of what I've learned in the last, you know, three or so years of this whole mindset shift is that it takes a lot of work. And, you know, booking your first wedding might take some weeks, might take some months. But, um, and that's what I kind of talk about in this course is that like, this is the strategies that I have used. These are the ones that I believe will help you um, because I have learned from them, but this may take some time. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something that um, a lot of people need to need to understand. So yeah, that is a that is a very big thing. I remember when I first uh, got into weddings thinking like you get so excited during the booking phase, right? Like, hey, I just booked it. You know, somebody, uh, um, you know, trust me to to show up and shoot their wedding. Now I have a year until like the wedding and I just kind of <laughs> sit around, you know, and it's like, what do I do? And that's a, that's a big question. Yeah. You mentioned earlier about, you know, how, how one of the things that you wish that you had done before that first wedding is kind of study manual a little bit more and be more comfortable with it. Um, so that question that I wanted to ask is um, there's a lot of people who get started in photography, uh, you know, they fall in love with it and they really want to get into shooting weddings, but they kind of don't know what they need. They don't know how yeah. to, they don't know what the litmus test is to, to determine whether or not they're ready to shoot a wedding. So, uh, you mm -hmm. know, maybe if you could spend a minute talking about what is needed, you know, maybe from a gear standpoint um, and yeah. perhaps technical abilities as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I think, um, I think like the, obviously the biggest thing is understanding how to shoot in manual because, um, you know, in weddings, you're put in all different lighting situations. So I think understanding manual, the photographic triangle, um, that's one of the biggest things that I would recommend for technical, you know, standpoint, um, because obviously, you know, every wedding isn't outdoors, but despite what Pinterest tells you, but, um, <laughs> yes, you know, or what's, what's on Pinterest. Um, so yeah, manual will be the biggest thing as for gear. And I do go over this in my course. Um, it's a lot simpler than uh, what people think. And I was like notorious when I started for buying any gear that I thought would make my photography better. When in fact, I just needed to learn things more. Yeah. You know, I was kind of those impulsive buyers like, well, oh, you know, I'm going to get this uh, flash because, you know, Google tells me it's a great flash, but I already have a flash that I don't know how to use, but I'm just going to get this new one. I think that that's going to solve the problem of not understanding how to use a flash. So, you know, it was just one of those things where it's just like, oh, I'll just get all this great gear and that's going to make me a great photographer. And it's like, that's not how that works. Um, but like definitely some, you know, having two bodies is a must. I don't shoot with two bodies all the time, but um, you never know, obviously, when a camera is going to fail. So having that, having a couple of different lenses is always great for focal length um batteries like if you i always say if you think you have enough batteries you know get two more because you just don't know you know batteries fail all that stuff uh memory cards you know again dual slots that's what i actually go over as well um because one of the things that i hear all the time is you know what if we have memory card failure what if we have this and, you know so you're like 
you know what? There's a lot of things that can happen in a wedding. There's a lot of things that can happen, you know, when a pilot flies a plane that doesn't stop them from flying a plane, you know, it doesn't stop people from shooting a wedding. It's just about being prepared and um, doing all the things on your end to, to, you know, minimize the chance of any of that happening. So a dual camera slot is great to have. Um, but, but I would say is getting, um, familiar with your camera, um, and, in in different lighting situations, uh, fluorescent lighting, you know, the, the dark, those dark churches, you know, stuff like that. Um, because ultimately you, you know, you don't really have a choice where people are getting married. You can suggest all you want, but at the end of the day, it's not your choice. So... Hey, Raymond here, and we will get back to today's show in just a moment. Do you want your photos to have more life? Do you want to know exactly what camera settings to use and why? Well, professional photographers all over the world capture beautiful images by shooting in manual mode. Why? Because it unlocks your camera's full potential. But how do you know what settings you should use? Well, I want to break that down for you in my free ebook, Picture Perfect Camera Settings, which you can download over at perfectcamerasettings.com. In the book, I'm going to share different lighting situations that you'll find yourself in and photos that I've captured with real camera settings and how to know which settings to change to get the look that you want. So don't wait. Download your free copy over at perfectcamerasettings.com to unlock your camera's full potential. Now, let's get back to today's interview. I think it's um, it's funny. I think we as photographers have this, uh, we can have this self-inflated ego of ourselves, you know, like, oh, to get yeah. the best photos, you have to get married in a situation like this, and we got to do that. And like, we kind of get angry when we have to show up and the church is like, has like wood walls, and it's like stained wood, it's dark, and then it's like yeah. the ceiling, and you're like, what yeah. is going on here? And then the only yeah. light source is like a stained glass window, and it's purple. Yeah. And you're like, this has got to be a joke. But at the end of the day, like you said, I mean, we have to realize that well, this is their wedding, you know, like mm-hmm. we can do our best to educate them like to some degree, but at the end of the day, they are the ones making the decision on their wedding day and we can't change those things. And I think that there has to be a level of um, understanding, not only on our part, but on the couple's part that this is, this is what you get, you know? Um, yeah. Um, totally just lost my train of thought. I was thinking, how horrible it would be to shoot in another church like that with the, with the dark walls and everything. <laughs> well, and I was, I was going to say, um, too, like, yeah, obviously offering, you know, suggestions and stuff because they do like to hear it. Um, but, but yeah, don't, don't come off as in like, if you don't do this, it's, it's going to look awful or anything like that. And, and I mean, it's kind of like when that idea, like when people get upset about, uh, the weather during a wedding day, or I should say a photographer or a yes. vendor, it's just like, well, you know, that's something you can't control. So, I mean, yeah, be upset, I guess, for five minutes, but then get over it and, and, you know, go to your plan B kind of thing. I actually always travel around with clear umbrellas in the back of my vehicle. Yes. I think I have about eight of them because I'm just like, you know what? Sometimes, you know, stuff happens, you know, so. And when you could do that, guess who's the hero? It's you. Yeah. It is yeah. you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, I wanted to also bring up the idea that – um or the question rather is that I know that, you know, a lot of people getting into photography, maybe before they shoot a wedding, they're probably shooting with, um, and I know a lot of listeners have, you know, a camera that they picked up at Costco. Uh, they're really mm-hmm. excited to get into photography, but maybe it doesn't have dual card slots. Maybe it doesn't, uh, you know, it's not 
perfect in, you know, low light situations. So before we buy a second body, before we even know if we want to shoot weddings, is there anything else that we could do to mm -hmm. perhaps bring a second body with us? There are two ways to bring home more money with your photography business. You either get more clients or you spend less of the money that you make. CloudSpot Studio helps you keep more of what you earn. With the lowest payment processing fees in the industry, the average photographer will save $300 annually. And that's just more money to invest in essential gear like a new flash or a sweet camera bag. You know, one that is perfect for storing all of the wedding day snacks that you can pack. But it's not just about savings. CloudSpot Studio is designed to streamline your workflow. Easily organize shoots, send contracts, questionnaires, invoices, and you're really going to enjoy the hassle-free payments. So sign up for a free CloudSpot account at deliverphotos.com. And as a bonus, you're going to get access to my exclusive wedding and portrait contracts and questionnaires at no additional cost. Why let fees chip away at your profits? Empower your photo journey with CloudSpot and watch your business soar. Um, yeah, like, I mean, there's always, um, you know, camera companies that rent, um, you know, bodies or lenses and stuff if you want to try out. Um, I haven't just because kind of where I live and the timeline I'm giving, getting them, um, doesn't work, but I do know other photographers that have, and they, and they really enjoy that. Um, just because, I mean, it is an investment in, in, um, you know, full frame cameras and things like that. Um, but I mean, there's always ways to compensate for, for things that you don't have in your in your camera gear, you know, trying to get natural as much natural light as you can um, using a flash. Flashes actually um, aren't that uh, expensive, so you know, putting a uh, attaching a flash in your camera and bouncing it off the ceiling that's always uh, a great a great way to compensate for flash. Uh, another thing that I should say, and if people don't know, because I actually didn't know about this setting for a while, this is this is everybody should know about. Um, the Calvin auto white, or, you know, or sorry, the white balance. So if you're on auto, that's fine. I shot on auto actually for years because it was just easier. But if you fool around with Calvin and that's just your light temperature, that will help you a lot, especially in those like fluorescent, um, you know, buildings, those, those, those banquet halls and stuff that never have um, any windows and one fire escape, you know, having that white balance uh, adjustment will really, really help you. And I'm pretty sure a lot of, um, of those basic cameras do have that. Yes. Um, as, as far as I remember, my first DSLR was a T3i Rebel. Those, those little buggers were great. I love those yeah. cameras. I, yeah. They, they did a good job. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I, like, I, I would say there's definitely ways to compensate for increasing your ISO, like, you know, like I said, understanding that manual mode will really, really help you in certain situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I remember for my first wedding, I was uh, terrified because I, I think I shot it on a, uh, it was a Canon 40D, you know, and I was worried obviously about the, the lack of dual card slots and all these things, but I was really scared that the camera was just going to die for no reason on me. Of course, yeah. you know, these irrational fears, but yeah. are entirely possible. And yeah. um, I brought an old film camera with me just in case. Oh. Luckily, the camera, like the 40D didn't die, but I remember thinking, yeah. like, these photos wouldn't match up. They'd be terrible together. And then it was, it was at that, I think it was at that next wedding where I ended up renting a camera. And oh, yeah. uh, even yeah. though I was more comfortable with the 40D, 
I found it a whole lot easier to use. I think I rented the 5D Mark II at the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And being able to use that camera like as my primary body, I think really helped because obviously now it did have the dual card slots. It was better. It had better uh, low light performance. And then that just became the camera that I upgraded to actually after that next wedding because I was like, this is so much better. I'm just going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. There's, there should really be no excuse as to, you know, why you can't, you can't get into it. But um, this time of year. It's a new year. So, hey, welcome to 2023, right? Um, this is always yeah. a very popular time for uh, for couples to get uh, engaged with the holidays uh, and New Year's as well. So I want to know, uh, what can photographers do to capture that momentum and get in front of new couples, newly engaged couples? Yeah, definitely Christmas and New Year's is a high um, high season for engagement, for sure. Um, I think like... Uh, obviously the best way is to kind of put yourself out there in not in a, in a please hire me. I want to shoot your wedding kind of desperate way. Um, but just like I said, like uh, in uh, to, to, to put it bluntly, everybody kind of just thinks of themselves. <laughs> and so when you're serving people, I think um, a really important thing is having um, just understanding that you're there to serve, you know, your potential couples, you know, what do you have to offer them? You know, don't, don't um, stand back and look at the monetary value of wedding photography, because I think when you do that, um, you know, the longevity of, of your wedding photography career, it, it won't really last because actually wedding is, um, you know, it's a huge task. Um, so you really have to enjoy it and you really have to love it in order to do it. So I would say that when you are, um, you know, if, if you are getting inquiries or if you want inquiries, I would really focus on showing people how you can serve them, you know, versus then, you know, just reaching out for somebody to, to hire you kind of thing. So that's, that's, that's what I would, my biggest thing, you know, there's always things like Facebook ads and, and stuff like that, that you could do. Um, but there's also, you know, you can directly reach out to somebody that got engaged and, you know, talk about how you would love to shoot their wedding and, and all that stuff. So there's definitely ways to put yourself out there. And I think that there's this idea of, um, you know, if you, if you put yourself out there, you might look dumb or, you know, but it's like, yeah, they might say no, but what if they say yes? Yeah. You know, what if they say, give me more information? Like, I I, I want to know, you know, and then if they say, have you shot a wedding before and you haven't, then you can say, um, I haven't shot a wedding before, but this is why I believe I would be great to shoot yours, you know, and just having that confidence and, and being transparent as well. I think uh, a lot of people appreciate. Mm -hmm. How important is it? Because obviously that that is a fear, right? What if they ask, have you shot a wedding before and you haven't? Um, how important is it to have a uh, portfolio of images? Um, what can be in that portfolio if you haven't mm -hmm. shot a wedding before to, to mm -hmm. uh, try to, I don't want to say convince, but try to entice a, uh, a couple to, to book you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that's um, actually one of my modules. That's my first module in the course is going over like, how do you, how do you shoot a wedding if you've never shot a wedding before? And the biggest thing with that is creating a portfolio. And um, again, it's like, well, how do you create a portfolio if you, you know, you never shot a wedding. So it's about curating that work. And so it's like um, creating, you know, these styled shoots. And I think that there, 
people think that there needs to be this huge extravagant styled shoot but that's not literally not the case. Like you can, you can go out and you can shoot a style wedding or elopement for 50 bucks if you wanted to. Um, it's just about, you know, having a couple um, getting, you know, you can get a dress off Amazon or, you know, a local boutique or something like that and, and heading out in nice location and creating that portfolio, you know, shooting details, um, getting, you know, creating a bouquet out of wildflowers, you know, in the ditch, stuff, stuff like that. Like, I think it, it, people just overcomplicate it. And at the end of the day, like, yes, all the details and all the stuff is great. But what people really want is for you to just capture the timeline of their day, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I just think that like that for this course, that's kind of what I do. Like it's a 90 minute course, um, six modules. It's not meant to be this 30 hour intensive workshop. It's just when I started shooting weddings, I felt very lost as to what direction I go. I, I thought if I follow a trend, somebody will just hire me, you know, where it's just kind of like creating that portfolio, looking for the clients and, and, just having that confidence, like I said, it's, it's a really a mindset thing. And, um, you know, it building community, you know, with other vendors and all that stuff. And that's a great, that's a great way to get more wedding bookings, you know, at the end. So, so I would say definitely start with, um, creating a portfolio, grab, a, you know, if you have a friend that, you know, dating somebody or maybe they're newlyweds or, or make it a vow renewal or whatnot. Like it's, it's very easy, very simple to do. Yeah. There's definitely ways to, to figure it out if it's really what you want to do, you know, you don't have to just stand yeah. around and wait for somebody to ask, which, uh, which yeah. is unfortunate. Cause I know that a lot of people on the podcast, like wedding photographers who I've interviewed, that's what they have said, you know, like, Oh, well I had a camera and you know, people just asked, but uh, you know, as you just pointed out there, there are ways to, to, to make it happen if it's, if it's really what you want. But you also said there, uh, talked about the importance of confidence, having that confidence in yourself to go ahead and, you know, do this. That yeah. I think is something that is hard to wrap your head around to have confidence in something that, you know, you've never done before. Um, and I know that a lot of listeners have said that one of the things that's holding them back is that they are, introverts, you know, and that they don't think that weddings will work for them to be an introvert. I don't know where you Mm -hmm. fall on the scale, but Mm -hmm. um, I would love to know. And if you have any advice for quote unquote introverts. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of like a little bit of both. Like I always joke about, I'm like, uh, Jasmine, the wedding photographer is like how I wish I was like a hundred percent of the time. (laughs) I said Uh, Because I'm just like on, you know, Um, but you know, like I know for me, like if I'm shooting a, you know, eight hour, nine hour, 10 hour day wedding the next day or, or, or you know, when I'm a couple of days later, I need that same time to kind of be by myself and be in my own space and just kind of gain that energy back that I gave. Um, and again, I think that's, that's just goes with understanding yourself. And I think another way, and I should say, like, if you feel like you're not really sure about it, um, you can always second shoot. Um, and I go, I go over that in my course of it as well, um, as another way to kind of dip your toes into the wedding photography business, uh, just to see if this is something that you would like to do, uh, or, or even just like be an assistant that might even be a better way to start rather than, uh, approaching a, photo- a wedding photographer and saying, Hey, if you need a second shooter, cause I think there's, 
some people think that like every wedding photographer wants a second shooter, uh, which isn't true. But um, if you come and you say, hey, I'll come and assist you. I'll fluff the dress out. I'll carry your bag or, you know, something like that. Like there's there's nothing wrong with starting there just to see how a day works, you know. And if you're exhausted after that day, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> you need a little bit more stamina, I think, then. But um I would say starting starting there and stuff would be a great way to see if this kind of works for you. Mm-hmm. Let me ask, because I, I feel the same way about wedding Raymond is a very different uh, Raymond. Was that <laughs> intentional for you? Or do you find that it just happens kind of naturally? Uh, it kind of happens naturally. Like, I, I mean, I would definitely say that um, it's funny because... I'm feeling that because when I'm at home, it's very, it's a very different, I mean, it's chaos, but I mean, you know, kid chaos and adult chaos are totally two different things. Um, But I find that, and especially this season, and I don't know why, but, or sorry, last season, um, I came home and and I would be more energized from weddings. And I think it's just maybe because I'm just taking in more of the energy rather than I'm giving out so much as, as I used to kind of thing. Right. Um, but, and, and also like I'm doing things, you know, playing music when I'm taking photos and it's not soft music. Like when we're, when we're doing like bridal party photos, like I'm playing like the, the high school jams and stuff. And it's funny now that I'm in my thirties, my high school jams are like, <laughs> are like, they're like 12 year old jams. So I'm like, <laughs> Oh, I got to like, I got to up to like 2012 or something now. Cause that's like the, you're not the 08. So that is so funny. <laughs> yeah. So, and I feel like I'm finding different ways to, to exert that energy. And so it's really, it's, it's actually, I'm finding a lot of, of, uh, joy moments in, in the, you know, in, in the workday of a wedding. Mm-hmm. And so I would say that that is kind of, that's kind of the Jasmine or the wedding photographer part of me um, that I really enjoy because I'm able to, to find those, those joyful moments in, in the chaos of a wedding day, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of it is um, the more that you do it, the easier it gets as well. You know, those first few weddings are really difficult. And as uh, I consider myself an introvert and coming home that next day, I mean, I would, just be like, nobody talked to me today. Like, I'm just going to hang out. I'm just going to sit on the couch and I'm going to do absolutely nothing. But now, like you said, I mean, I can come home the next day. If there's like another family event, I'm there, you know, and we make it happen. Yeah. Uh, Cause yeah. it, it just, it just gets easier with time. So that's good to hear yeah. that it's a, uh, it's not just me, but uh, yeah. I do have a question um, from one of the listeners uh, because I just got an email yesterday from, uh, from Mark who asked, uh, he actually just shot his first wedding. So he, he second shot oh, nice. with another yeah. photographer, kind of as a, uh, training ground, I guess, right. To see if he even liked it. And, uh, he said that the thing that he was worried about most was missing a moment. What do you have to say about that? Um, I think that you need to realize that you will, you will miss moments because, um, whether it's a 10 person wedding or if it's, you know, a 400, um, you know, guest wedding that you will miss moments. I think there's definitely moments that um, you you anticipate and you know that you need to get, you know, first kiss, um, walking down the aisle, those, those, those things, you know, and then kind of everything after those must capture moments 
are just extra, you know, that's, and I think that's allowing yourself some grace. Like, you know, if you're so worried that you're going to miss a moment, you're not even, you're going to realize that you shot a 10 hour wedding day and you didn't even eat, you know, because you're so concerned about missing a moment and, and, and you'll be surprised, you know, of, of the moments that you actually capture, like, like now, like you said, after you shoot weddings, it just becomes easier and things kind of just happen naturally. Like I know, I know when I'm um, shooting a ceremony, the photos that nobody or the, the moments are that nobody sees is a parent sitting in the front row reacting to a vows. Nobody sees that because nobody's paying attention. That's the photo that I want to get. That's the photo that my couple didn't know that they wanted, you know, um, getting ready photos. I know that um, I want to get a picture of the mom that's standing back watching her daughter adjust her veil in the mirror. Like I want to get that photo because nobody's going to be watching the mom. Everybody's watching the bride Mm -hmm. and you know, things like that. And, um, and you won't get every moment. And that's just, that's just the reality. But I would just say, just think of the ones that are the kind of staples, first kiss, first dance, you know, those moments. So, yeah, it's, I feel like, um, it's so ridiculous almost to imagine somebody capturing every single moment, you know, but, Mm -hmm. uh, I think early on in for photographers, they think that we're being hired to capture those moments. So if I miss a moment, I didn't do my job and then I fail. So I want to know if we know that we're going to miss a moment, um, how do you quantify whether or not you did a good job at a wedding? Uh, well, like, I mean, I guess there is, if, if you want to talk about like, as, um, you know, sometimes some people have t- a t- like a tangible, you know, thing like a list, you know, they have a shot list, I guess, you know, if you get everything on your shot list, great. I did my job for the, you know, for the couple, now I'm going to get all the photos. They didn't know that they wanted that, you know, that they needed, they're going to look back and then be like, yeah, I wanted that, you know? And, um, for me, I feel like I did a good job if I made the experience uh, great for my couples, you know, um, one of the things that I found uh, is so heartwarming is at the end of the day, when I say goodbye to my couples, they hug me and then they just talk about, you know, how great the day was um, with me, um, you know, hearing things like, no, everybody said that you just like rolled through everything so quickly or da 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 or whatever, or, you know, a, a, a parent goes out of their way because to say bye to you because they see you leaving and they want to, you know, you know, they, they check in to make sure you ate. And I know that sounds, maybe that sounds like a little bit, um, you know, on a selfish part of, of, uh, on my side, but I feel like, um, giving a client ex- that kind of client experience is so beneficial for, um, you booking any more weddings on top of that. Mm. I also feel that like, my job as a wedding photographer isn't just a wedding photographer. Like I, and that's what I tell my couples, you know, I, I'm your timekeeper. I'm your hype girl. I'm your best friend on that day because I'm, I'm there to make sure everything just runs smoothly and I'm, I'm there for you. Um, so I think for me, that would be the biggest thing, um, to know that I had a successful day because I know I can take pictures, you know, I know I can get the shot. It's, and, and and I think that's um, sorry. This might go a little bit off task, but or offside. But like I think 
the whole idea of community and, and competition is that a lot of photographers are scared that if they um, recommend another photographer if they're booked, they're going to lose business or anything like that. But it's like, there's so many um, photographers out there. But what makes everybody different is the experience that you give. I could take you and I could take the exact same photo. And but the experience that we give our clients are going to be completely different, mm. you know, and I think that's um, a big part of the uh, being a wedding photographer or just a, any any type of photographer that that um, especially people starting out don't understand is is offering a great client experience. Yeah, 100%. I could not agree with you anymore. Um but I think for some listening right now, they might be wondering, what does that mean? What does that look like? And I'm with you on the fact that, like, if the parents are asking about me, like, I'm doing a good job because they're trying to check yeah. in on me and they want to make sure that, like, I'm taken care of. If I'm doing a bad job, they're not going to ask me any questions. They're mm -hmm. going to distance themselves from me. But <laughs> how do we like what do we do to provide a standout service to our clients? Yeah, I think I think just making them laugh is a big thing. You know, like yeah. you can you can tell when somebody is stressed out or you know whatever. Like it just stress doesn't hide well on people. You know, so you can see, and it's just making things lighthearted and smooth, quick, and go and run through um, smoothly is a great is a great way. Um, I I use a lot of humor. Um, mostly just making fun of myself or, you know, reading the room kind of thing like that, um, making fun of groomsmen or whatever, you know, just, just like I said, just keeping things lighthearted because if they, if they see you stress, that is a whole nother ball game for them, you know? And, and, and obviously like, you know, there's, I, I still get, um, anxious and excited and, and, and nervous on wedding days because I think that's a normal human emotion. Um, but you know, I, I, I kind of hold that inside and understand I have a job to do. And, and if, you know, listeners out there are worried, like, I am so nervous to shoot a wedding. I'm so nervous to screw up. I, I run out of time, all that stuff. You can always bring somebody along on the wedding day. You know, you can have a shot list that doesn't make you look unprofessional at, at all. And I think that's, that was one of my biggest things starting out was looking like somebody was going to find me out. Like I wasn't good enough to do this, you know? And so I think, I think just realizing, you know, sometimes I, I still look at my phone for the, if I jotted down ideas and I, and I say that to them, if I, if I need to adjust light, I literally stop and I say, hold on guys, I just got to adjust my light or I want to make sure. And that used to scare me because I used to be like, everybody's going to think, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Um, <laughs> But now I'm like, no, like if you go to a doctor, you know, they tell you what they're doing, you know, and it to me, I'm like, I, what, why does that make me look unprofessional? That makes me, you know, to me, that reassures them that I'm making sure I'm doing my job. Yeah. You know, that is too funny. I, I, I went through the exact same thing. I went through the exact same thing as if, or what would be the worst is that like you'd set up a light and then you'd go to take the photo and be like, oh, the light is all wrong. Now they just yeah. watched me set up that whole light and now I have to go over <laughs> there and change it to be something entirely different. Yeah. yeah. No. But I think that yeah. goes back to like keeping it light and just saying like, you know what, guys, 
I screwed up. That light does not work right there. I'm going to move it over here to make you guys look good. I think that goes a long way, a long way. Yeah. Uh, Now, there is this phrase. I don't know if you've heard it before. I don't know if it's even a thing or if I've just heard it once and it just stuck with me. But it's this idea that once you have a job, it's easier to get another job or a different job. Um, I I don't know if you've heard this before, but Mm. how can we use our first wedding to book another wedding? Yeah. So a big part of that is um, asking for a review after, um, you know, a three to five sentence review after you send their gallery. Um, Word of mouth, I think word of mouth is one of the biggest uh, ways to put your name out there. Like, uh, like, obviously, social media and all that stuff is great. You can reach, uh, you know, a wider audience. Um, but if somebody is giving a word of mouth review to somebody else, that is hands down one of the best things that you can get because it's it's a first hand, you know, review. You know, you're not you're not seeing a little blurb on a website, which I think you should have. But um, that I think is uh, is one of the biggest ways is getting asking for that review, um, using that portfolio, and then taking advantage of like uh, blog posts and using SEO. So that's like you know search engine engine optimization. Um, I always sound like a robot when I say that, but uh, <laughs> but um, that's a great way. Um, and to be honest, blog posts are not my thing. Um, I that is one thing that I'm working on. So don't feel overwhelmed with that. Uh, especially in the beginning. Yeah. And one thing that I think I want to like read, um, kind of just say for your listeners is that relying on social media to be your only way to, uh, market yourself is not good enough because it needs to be, um, the thing is, is that it can shut down any moment. And if you only have an Instagram page to, to market yourself and to say, this is what I do and this is what I can offer, you're at the mercy of an app and it's, it, it sucks because I've seen people's accounts get hacked. I've seen, you know, Instagram shut down whenever that was earlier in 2022 or 21, I yeah. forget. And it was like the whole world shut down, you yeah. know, um, having any, you know, building an email list, going um, directly to venues and introducing yourself and, you know, just, just things like that, I think. Um, but I would say word of mouth and asking for review is the best route to take. And then again, just building that portfolio and then getting a review from actually the portfolio experience. So if you, if you, if you um, stage it as a vow renewal or it can be a vow renewal, ask for a review from them after on the experience of them shooting. And that's another review. You know, one trick, um, I don't know where I heard this from, but it was somebody. Um, and I used this and it helped me a ton for a while. It was, um, so after the wedding, I would ask the bride, like, hey, you know, I would love to know how I did. You know, can you leave me a review? Mm-hmm. Also, you know, reviews are extremely helpful for small businesses. Um, mm-hmm. Would you mind asking one of your bridesmaids to leave me a review as well? Oh, and not saying that, you know, she's the bride, like she doesn't have to lie, but just say like, hey, I was a bridesmaid at one of these weddings that Raymond shot and holy cow, you know, it was great or whatever. And then leave the review after that. And I think yeah, that, that also yeah. adds a level of um, uh, not only do you get additional reviews and more social proof, but uh, for it yeah. to be somebody not directly the bride, I think speaks a lot yeah. to potential brides as well. So that's something uh, that if anybody's listening, try it out because it definitely, it definitely works. Oh, yeah. totally. I was, and I will say too, 
Um, another great client experience thing is giving them sneak peeks within the ne- within yeah. the next like 24 to 48 hours. Um, if you can, I know everybody has, you know, life happens, but if you do the next 24 to 48 hours, they're still surrounded by people from the wedding. So if you send them, you know, even five images, um, and they pick up their phone and they see five images, they're going to scream and they're going to show everybody around them. And that's another, you know, client experience, um, bonus, you know, that they didn't know that, that they were getting. So that is a great tip, especially because like 24 hours after a wedding, they're looking to update their Facebook. Yeah. What photo are they going to use? Are they going to use Uncle Bob's from like, you know, in the aisle? The worst. Yeah. It might as well be (laughs) yours, right? So if you can take an extra, even if it's an hour to get one or five photos out there, huge, huge uh, bonus for sure. Um, Jasmine, I know that we are at the end of our time here, but I want to ask you two last questions. One of them, is there anything that I didn't ask you today that you want to make sure listeners know about getting into wedding photography. And then two, I want to know where we can find more about your course and where we can find you online. Perfect. Um, yeah. So my, um, I'll just go with my course, um, cause it kind of encompasses all of that. So my course, keeping wedding photography, simple, how to book, shoot and deliver your first wedding. Uh, it's a 90 minute, six module course. It's straight to the point. It's things that I have learned over the nine years I've been shooting weddings it's for anybody that wants to start out in wedding photography, as well as anybody that kind of feels like there may be plateauing and they want to, you know, they want some direction on where to go. Um, that is available. And I'll, um, I think I sent you the link. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it'll uh, be in the show notes. Yeah, perfect. So the link's there and it'll bring you to my enrollment page with a little bit more details, as well as um, how to enroll on the course. It's a digital course, so it's super accessible. You can do it. Um, you know, all at once or, you know, come back here and there when, when you need to as well. So. Perfect. And where can we find you on, uh, say on Instagram, where are you on all the social platforms? So, yeah. So my, uh, business is JC photography SK, um, for Saskatchewan shout out. Um, and then my website is www.jcphotographysk.com. And yeah, and I would love to hear from anybody that's listening and chat about all things weddings. I love love stories and, and capturing them. And uh, yeah, I guess just I want to say that this course really, really simplifies uh, the wedding photography business and and just kind of helps you realize that it's not as complicated as you think and it helps you be prepared to shoot a wedding because i think that um you know it's it's one of the greatest things that you can capture for people and 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 right now if you think that you want to do it but you're not sure there is a couple out there that is waiting for you to get into wedding photography and uh, you just got to take that jump What did I tell you? I have three big takeaways from uh, this interview today with Jasmine Blaze. The first one is the importance of learning manual early. You know, as a wedding photographer, I can tell you not all venues are set up for photography. Oftentimes you find yourself in very, very difficult lighting situations. And as a wedding photographer, you are looked at to be able to create something beautiful and, uh, you know, uh, pleasing to look at. 
given less than ideal conditions. So learning manual is going to help you to be able to achieve that, right? You're going to be able to see something. You're going to know how to use your camera because you know how to shoot in manual. And then you're going to be able to capture it the way that you need to. Now, learning manual doesn't mean that every photo is going to be perfect, but it means that you're not going to be relying on your camera to make decisions. And if it makes a wrong decision, you're not going to know how to fix it. It's going to give you the tools to be able to capture the photos that you need to capture to deliver to your couples on a wedding day in difficult lighting situation that you might find yourself in on a wedding day. All right. <laughs> Takeaway number two was to think about asking to be an assistant rather than a second shooter if you are thinking about getting into weddings. You know, as a, as a wedding photographer, I would much rather say yes to somebody who asked to come to a wedding uh, and, you know, carry my bags and help out in any way that they can rather than somebody asking to be a second shooter. And that is because uh, when you are the lead photographer, when you have a second shooter, you just feel almost obligated to, uh, if they're not experienced, to help them learn what it is that they need to shoot on a wedding day, how to shoot it, kind of, you know, then there's that awkwardness of getting to know this other person and how to work together. Um so asking somebody to be an assistant is is much better because as the main photographer, you can focus on getting the photos that you need. And as the assistant, you can now learn the flow of a wedding day, how it goes, how to interact with uh, your couples, with your clients, with you know, the whole, the whole family who they're being, maybe they're rowdy and how to take great portraits in less than ideal lighting conditions. Um, and it's going to give you a ton of experience that maybe you would even miss if you were focused on, you know, being a second shooter and trying to get all the quote unquote great photos. So think about that, right? It's going to teach you how to best serve your clients in the future. And then takeaway number three is just having a support system to help build your uh, skills and your confidence. You know, um, I've said it before that I think that the only external source of becoming a better photographer is through community for many reasons. The biggest one is because you're going to get eyes on your work. And when you get eyes on your work, um, you know, the reason why I started this podcast is because I didn't go to photo school. I went to, you know, film school to learn how to be a cinematographer. And I almost felt like a, uh, like a, like a fraud, right? I had imposter syndrome being a photographer and I wanted to be able to talk to photographers and kind of get into their head and figure out, you know, what is it that you're actually thinking? How are you doing this so that I can become a better photographer? And all that that is, is building community, right? Being able to ask those questions, getting eyes on your work so that you can see, is there anything that is standing out as it definitely needs uh, improvement? Or is there anything that you're doing that you are just killing it at and then you can lean into deeper? So find a community, whether it is in person, you know, in your in your town or online. It will work just as well online if you don't have that community close by. And because of that, I highly recommend that you check out the Beginner Photography Podcast Facebook community for all of those reasons. Safest place on the internet for new photographers. Safe place to be able to share your photos, ask questions, and get feedback on your work. So those were my three main takeaways from this interview with Jasmine Blaze. Now, if you've got any questions about this uh, episode, or if you have any feedback for the show, I would love to hear from you. I want you to reach out to me directly by heading over to beginnerphotographypodcast.com and clicking the contact tab at the top of the page. There you can leave me an email or better yet, a voicemail. Again, leave me that feedback. 
feedback, ask me your questions, and I will play it here on the show. So with that, that is it for this week. I want to thank you again for tuning into this episode of the Beginner Photography Podcast brought to you by CloudSpot. Truly is the easiest way to deliver and sell photos online. And you can sign up for a free account when you head over to deliverphotos.com. Now remember, the more that you shoot today, say it with me, the better of a photographer you will be tomorrow. All right, talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Beginner Photography Podcast. If you enjoy the show, consider leaving a review in iTunes. Keep shooting, and we'll see you next week. 